friends. Welcome to the Radical Radiance podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I am so thrilled that you're here with me today. I can't wait to share this conversation with my new friend, Sheila Muskin, with you all about speaking with God confidence. This was such a special conversation. Sheila is a speaking coach. She also recently put together a course that we're going to talk about here in the show that I can't wait for you to hear all about. But before we get to the conversation, I want to share one of our sponsors with you, the Shine Bright Journal. The Shine Bright Journal is a free 100-page downloadable PDF journal that walks you through a lot of the things that we talk about around here. How do we radiate the love and heart of Jesus in our life, in our work, in our relationships? So we will look and dive into scripture. You will have space to pray, journal, all the things as you unpack what God is putting on your heart. So I hope you'll go grab it today at RadicalRadiance.live. And let's give Sheila Muskin a big welcome to the show. Sheila, thank you so, so much for being with me today. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. This is, this is going to be fun. (laughs) I know this is going to be really fun. So I love when I get to have conversations like this that are super practical and I know will be so impactful to my listeners. A lot of our conversations are with authors, right? Because they've Mm -hmm. written these amazing messages that they put out into the world and, um, and we get to kind of unpack those. And this is a little bit more like coaching style, which is totally (laughs) me, which is so fun. And so before we kind of jump in to a little bit of this material, I would love for you to just share a little bit more about you and the work that you do. Uh, I don't usually ask that question, but because this is kind of a different type of episode, I'd love for our people to hear from you a little bit more about you. Yeah, I understand. Thank you so much for asking that. Yeah, so my name is Chila Muskin, and I'm a speaking and messaging expert. You know, um, as a highly introverted person and reserved person, I was the least likely candidate for becoming a motivational speaker, let alone speak like teaching other people how to do it. But you know, God has a sense of humor. Let me just <laughs> tell you that. And when He tells you to do something, you do not want to argue with a guy. He He always wins. So here I am, twenty plus years later. I've been speaking and singing on stages from the time I was about 17 years old. And now I also get to teach other people how to present their message well on stage, whether that's a social media stage or an actual physical stage. Um, I believe that when your mission and your purpose are bigger than your fears, it pushes you beyond your comfort zone and you do things that you never thought you would do. And when we do that, amazing things can happen. And, and that's what happened for me. So I absolutely love working with female entrepreneurs and business owners who have a message that they want to share and they have a passion for getting that message in front of as many people as possible because they know the impact and the difference that it can make in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So my part is to really help business owners clarify their message, to structure and deliver that message effectively, and then learn how to use their voice and their words, um, not only strategically, but confidently. And not to impress people, but to impact. Mm -hmm. And um, on a personal note, I'm uh, sure probably people by now notice my accent. There's also a uniqueness to my name. And the reason for that is because I am ethnic Hungarian. 
I was raised in Budapest, Hungary, and my husband and I moved uh, to the States in 2007. And currently we live just outside of Nashville with our kiddos and we, we love, we love it here. That's amazing. That's so cool. I think your accent is beautiful. I was so excited <laughs> to talk to you because I, I, I just, it's beautiful. So I love hearing you. Thank speak. you. Okay. Well, it's definitely not a Southern accent or a Northern a southern accent. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's different. I always, I always tell people, you know, I talked about this a little bit before we started. I'm a Tennessee girl at heart. I spent my whole life in Tennessee until I moved to South Mississippi to join my husband in ministry here. But I can always tell when I've spent a little too much time, not a little too much. I could never have too much time with my family, but a little too much time in Tennessee because I come back to Mississippi and everybody mm-hmm. will tell me, oh, wow. Yeah. You just spent a week in Tennessee because the dialect is just different enough. Like deep South accent mm-hmm. is altogether something I, yeah, I hope I never totally adopt because <laughs> But because I am also the twang, is it the twang or is that for Tennessee? I hope I never get the full twang, but Tennessee twang is is a little different. So it's, that's funny to talk about. Isn't that amazing how quickly we pick up on those things? Yeah, we really do. We really do. (laughs) Well, I am excited to talk about a few things with you. One of them is speaking with confidence. I think a lot of us struggle with that, especially in the beginning. Mm. I know. I'll speak to my own personal experience. I can tell when I've not been on a stage in a while. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. I taught at a retreat earlier this year. It was a it was a smaller group of people, um, but I hadn't I hadn't spoken publicly in about a year and a half. And I remember mm-hmm. feeling so different than maybe the last time that I had taught um, pre pandemic. And so <laughs> I know that many of our listeners who maybe do some public speaking probably feel in a similar camp to that right Mm -hmm. now. And so how do we begin to take steps forward towards being a more confident speaker? What does that look Mm -hmm. like? Yeah. And you know, that's something that I've been hearing from a lot of my clients and students, especially saying now with coming out of 2020, because pretty much all of the physical stages have been taken away. I know that I had to pivot quite a bit last year. Um, And, you know, just like with anything else, speaking is like a muscle, basically. If you don't use it, it atrophies. And so then you kind of have to start from scratch. But the, the, I guess the tips, tips that I would give people, it goes for everybody, whether you've been speaking for a while and and you just took a break and now you want to come back or if you're just starting out, You know, I always say to my clients, there's a reason why public speaking made the most fear things list, right? Because it's one of those things that it's it's a nerve wracking, right? Even a a seasoned speaker still gets nervous before they get on stage. But um, here are three things that I would say that really helps with confidence. First thing is strategic preparation. The second thing is practice. And the third thing is action. So when I say strategic preparation, there's a reason why I say the word strategic is because most of the people that you look up to, the big keynote speakers and the big motivational speakers, they are following a system. There's a plan behind what they're doing. They're not just winging it, even though it looks natural, it looks effortless there is actually a method to the madness, right? So there's, they're following a framework. I remember the first time 
I went to a John Maxwell event. So I was trained by John Maxwell to be become a speaker uh, by his program, I should say. And, um, you know, of course, he's an amazing public speaker. And I remember going into one of the trainings where the head coach for speaking dissected John Maxwell's one of his speeches and the intentionality that went into the whole speech was just mind blowing. So he was very, very purposeful in everything that that he did, the points that he made, the stories that he used, the data. So all of that to say that you need to be strategic in your preparation, because when you know what you're doing, that's alleviating a lot of the stress and the, you know, not feeling confident. So that's the first step. Hey, just interrupting this conversation real quick to tell you about one of our sponsors, Butterfly Box. Butterfly Box is a monthly subscription box that supports and encourages you in your journey as a Christ follower. They make great gifts and or a treat for yourself each month. And just for the Radical Radiance community, Butterfly Box is offering a code RADICALRADIANCE20, all uppercase, for a 20% discount on your first box by going to yourbutterflybox.com and entering the code RADICALRADIANCE20 at check out. I hope you enjoy that so much. And let's get back to the conversation. The second step is practice. So once you know what your speech is going to look like or what you're going to be talking about, and you have a clarity around that, now you can practice. And what practice does is not only makes you feel more confident and come across more confident when you are on stage, but it also gives you feedback on whether there's a good flow to your presentation or whether you're going over time or whether you need to take some points out and uh, you need to move some things around. And then, of course, the more you practice, the more comfortable you feel. So Mm -hmm. when I um, started singing, I remember I was told by my coach that I needed to know the song in and out to the point that if somebody woke me up in the middle of the night, I would be able to sing the lyrics that's right. Just like this, you're like <laughs> on cue. And what that does is when you show up and the nerves kick in, mm-hmm. your your um what's the automatically what you the memory kicks in. And so you memory. don't even have yeah. to think about yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And so when you practice your speech in advance, your muscle memory is gonna kick in even when you are facing the nerves. And as I said, everybody faces the nerves, especially the beginning of a presentation, I would say probably the first five minutes for me is always kind of nerve wracking. And I've been doing this for a long time, you know? Um, But then the final step in that would be action. And I know that this is the part that most people wish that they could skip or somehow go around. But the reality is that nothing helps you become better, but by then actually doing it. Right. So uh, I don't know who was, who was that said, if you want to be a writer, write. If you want to be a singer, sing. If you want to be a speaker, speak. Um, What I love about action is that it gives three things. So it gives clarity, it gives feedback, and it boosts your confidence. So when you take an action step, now you've got more clarity on what you you need to do next, right? Mm -hmm. So when you are starting to speak, and you get, you know, you you get clarity on, okay, this is what I need to improve. This is what I need to change. The same with, you know, it, g- it gives feedback um, on 
um, where you're doing well, where, where you need to pivot, or do you need to move into a different direction, you know? And then um, it also boosts your confidence in two ways, because if you show up and speak and you do really well, it boosts your confidence because like, ooh, kudos to you. You did really well, right? You did better than you thought you would do. And if you don't do well, or if you're, you struggle, then it still boosts your confidence because in a way you're subconsciously telling yourself that this was hard, but I showed up, I did it. Um, and I survived Mm -hmm. and next time I can do it better. And so, um, I would say those would be my top three recommendations for anyone starting out or wanting to boost their, um, their confidence as a speaker more, more. That's so helpful. So, so helpful. I love that. And man, I can tell the difference when I have had time to practice multiple, multiple walkthroughs of like my entire talk versus feeling like, yeah, I have, I have my points down and I've, I've done a lot of the hard work to put the talk together, but I haven't really like said it all out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell, I can certainly tell the difference in that. And yeah. um, I think we've all had those examples of times where we, we walk off the stage and we feel like, yeah, like that was, that was what I was, I was hopeful that it would be. Mm-hmm. And then times where we're like, okay, that didn't land well. Or mm-hmm. um, I think some of the best things that we can do too is just in hindsight be able to look back and say like okay if I did that talk again what landed what didn't what could I change Mm -hmm. and those are questions I think I'm always asking myself so absolutely and when you when you practice out loud you hear things differently um I, I many times I will catch uh, mistakes just by reading something out loud. Mm-hmm. Now, I would never tell anyone to memorize their speech yeah. uh, because I don't think that's helpful. But I tell my clients to practice at least 10 times from, be- from beginning to end. I do that myself. I will not ask anyone to do something that I don't do myself, yeah. but um, it just really helps you f- just f- be in the moment. When you practiced, mm-hmm. you can then now add the flowery stuff, like your personality, and then you can ease into it because you practice it and already know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's so good. Okay. So you have something that you talk about that's called the six steps towards persuasive presentations. I think this is really good because some of us, we think like, Oh, I'm going to put together this really impressive talk, but we don't know how to, we don't know how to move people to action. We don't know how to persuade someone or whatever that is. So will you talk about that a little bit with listeners? Absolutely. Yes. It's actually a framework that I teach inside my Speak to Scale Academy. And this was uh, something that I learned as a speaker just a few years ago, because one thing that I was good at, I was very good at being engaging and entertaining, Mm -hmm. but I was having a hard time converting or um, moving people into a decision making or taking action. Mm -hmm. And Especially, I feel like, well, I, I think even in motivational speaking or in any kind of speaking, you do want to be able to compel people, right? You're making a case for something and you want to compel them to take mm-hmm. action on what you're talking about, right? But especially in business, right? If you are speaking for conversion, you, you want to be able to structure your presentation in a way that's persuasive, and what I found was that I was very good at getting the claps and the people saying, oh, that was amazing. That was an amazing speech, but I was not getting the conversion that I, I, I was looking for. And so 
I learned basically how to structure my um, presentation in a way that moved people into action taking. So the six pieces that, um, that I teach is basically the first one is to know your audience. So you, the more you can hone in on their language and you're speaking to their language, you're speaking to their pain points and their struggles, and you're speaking to their dreams and desired results. Um, and you're offering solutions to that the more you're going to be able to connect with your audience and compel them then to listen to you, right? Um, The second thing is to know your objective. What is that big idea that you want people to walk away with? Because according to research, 73% of the people that walk out of a presentation, like literally after the presentation is done, have no clue. If you ask them what the presentation was about, they would not be able to tell you in one sentence. So they, they don't know. So having a really clear objective of what that idea or that takeaway that you want people to have is crucial. And I tell my students that you want to make the your big idea kind of the solution to their problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then um, the third thing would be to have, uh, which is kind of like more of the structure of your presentation, is to have a strong opening, um, have an engaging middle, and then a punchy finale. Now, again, this is something that um, I teach. It's a framework that I teach in Speak to Scale Academy. It's called the Stellar Signature Talk Roadmap, Mm -hmm. but it's basically um, having what needs to be in the opening, um, what needs to be in the middle, which is kind of like the content piece of your presentation. And then how do you need to wrap it up in order to, again, um, call people to action, right? The right way. Mm -hmm. Um, then, um, the fourth piece would be to use stories, but not just stories, use them strategically and, um, to pair them with the points that you're making and also with data so that you're speaking both to the left and right brain. Um, then the fifth piece is to move people into action and towards making a decision, and again, you you do that um, by using words and the way you set up your presentation. And then the, fi- the final piece is to really have your personality shine through your presentation. Because I think sometimes even, especially in professional settings or when you're doing a business presentation, and my husband can attest to this because he's in the medical field and he says, People really need you in the medical field because when they're doing a presentation, they make their presentation so data saturated, right? Mm. Because it's important for for medical presentations. But unfortunately, they miss the stories and they miss adding their personality and their flair. And that's actually what's going to make people listen, right? And connect with you as the presenter and as the speaker, and so um, I always say you got to add your personality to it um, so that that's what's going to make you stand out as well. So basically, those are the six elements. I know I've kind of rattled them off here, but um, that's what I would call a persuasive presentation. That's so good. Okay. And if people are like, okay, Sheila, that's amazing, but I want more. Say the name of your program one more time. Oh, Speak to Scale Academy. To scale. Academy. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, you mentioned this briefly, but I want to dive into this a little bit more because I think this this really matters. You talk a lot about developing a signature story. Why does why does that matter and how do we use that um, as we continue to develop our speaking skills? Yeah. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up because 
I think that out of all the things that I teach, this is probably my favorite part. I am fascinated by stories and how to use stories in uh, business and how to use stories to really connect with your audience and tell your own why, you know. So um, I'm going to give you actually three reasons why developing and telling a signature story is important um, and why it's important to do it in business, because I think maybe this is somewhat of a new thing um, that we talk about more in business, but I don't feel like we talked about it much before. Um, And then I'm going to also share how to use it briefly. Um, But the first reason why you should use stories is because, um, you know, the the business owners that I work with um, started their business out of a place of um, transformation, right? Mm -hmm. That's me. I started my business because of a transformation that I have gone through. Um, As I said before, at the beginning uh, of our conversation is that, I was a very shy, I'm I'm still a very introverted person, and I felt very insecure. Um, I also grew up in a highly abusive home. So from a young age, I struggled to let my voice be heard or to even think that my voice mattered. And so for years, I struggled with speaking, even in front of a small group of people. I, I was really intimidated. But I also was fascinated with communication and I specifically was fascinated with great communicators. And so I was studying them. But long story short, my business was born out of the personal transformation that I went through uh, from being a fearful speaker to becoming a confident speaker. Mm -hmm. And so most of the coaches or experts or consultants or anybody really, I mean, if you think of authors or speakers or anybody really, it usually our work comes out of a place of, of transformation, I, I would say. Um, and, you know, that story, that transformational story needs to be told. Your audience or potential clients or even peers and other leaders need to hear that story in order to understand your why and where you're coming from. Why are you doing what you're doing? And once they understand your why, I think that's where really trust can start developing. Mm. So that's the first reason why people just really need to understand you before they can trust you or before they even care about what you do, right? Or why you do it. Um, The second reason is because as we all know, stories are a really big part of not only our daily lives, Right. I mean, um, I was just reading the other day that back in 2019, the global box office was worth 24 billion. That's with a B. Um, that's how much they were worth. And that's not even including the home entertainment, right? Like Hulu and Amazon Prime and all of those things. Uh, I think the total for everything was like $136 billion. So Obviously, there's a demand, right, for stories. We are suckers for stories. Um, so, so not only it's a big part of our lives, our daily lives, and but it's also uh, part of the the journey uh, as humans, right? So, back in the day when we didn't have TVs or radio or internet. Um, People sat around the fire telling stories. That's also how traditions and information was passed down from generation to generation. And so it's not only that it's part of our nature, it's also part of our nurture. We're nurtured through stories, right? Um, So that's the second reason why it's important to, to develop your signature story. And then 
The third why is that finally is that it's um, especially important for business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, and here's the reason why our brains need stories. As I said before, we know that the left brain, right? The left side of our brain is the logical, analytical, and uh, verbal side. And then the right side is the conceptual, the intuitive and visual side. And when it comes to decision-making, while we would like to think that we make decisions based on logic, we actually uh, use both sides of our brain, Mm -hmm. uh, meaning the logical side um, and also the intellectual side. And when it comes down to the precise point of decision-making, we are actually mainly driven by emotions. And then we use the logical side to justify or support with fact or data our our decision, right? So um, that's why, you know, storytelling triggers both both right and left side. And so story, um, stories help categorize basically or file away data uh, in a meaningful way. It also makes sense in, um, in the noise, right? In the noise of data, it just makes sense of it. So it really not only helps us connect emotionally um, with the story, but it also helps us connect emotionally with the storyteller. And then it also um, drives our decision. So, so those are basically the three whys of why we should um, have a signature story. And then um, the way that we use it, basically my rule of thumb, and obviously I cannot go into the much detail, but uh, because of time, but my rule of thumb is that you want to have a signature story um, that relates to whatever you're teaching on and whatever you're teaching on is obviously relates to your business mm-hmm. um, or, you know, um, whatever you're presenting on. But you want to make sure that you tell your signature story kind of like in the opening part of your speech, because that's mm-hmm. what's going to set the scene. And that's also what's going to um, establish a report at the same time. So uh, again, in the Speak to Scale Academy, I have a framework that I teach on what makes for a winning story, what what makes for a, a stellar signature story. Awesome. That's so good. I know that was, again, a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I love it. I was hoping it would be. That's so good. And I think we all have those stories that we can really... Um, when we think about the topics that we speak on or want to speak on, there are certainly places in our own personal story that we can pull those from because most times, at least for me, I know in book writing, I, everything that I dream about writing, all of the books that I have in, you know, a word doc that nobody's ever going to see that I hope and dream I'll be able to write one day. All of those things come from my previous personal experience and things God's taught me that I've now become passionate about teaching others. And so I think we all have those, uh, those examples in our lives. And I think it's important to draw those out and really discern with God, like what are the stories that you want me to tell? Uh, Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. Before we go over to our Patreon audience, what I want you to do, Sheila, is share a little bit more about um, where, where people can find you, you've talked a little bit about the work that you do, but you've created a course. There are several things that, you know, you have got your hands in right now. So I'd love for you to share where people can find everything that you're doing. Yes. Thank you. Um, So usually on social media, I hang out on Instagram. Uh, My handle is speak to that's the number two. speak to scale. That's my handle. And um, that's where I show up probably daily on a, on the regular 
I would love to connect with anybody on Instagram or any other social media platform really. Um, but yeah, what, what, uh, I told you is that I do have the speak to scale Academy, which is, uh, actually kind of like my signature program. That's it's, a more of a course slash membership, but right now we don't have the doors open for that probably for, an, for another three to four weeks. But what I'm excited about is I actually uh, partnered up with a common friend of ours, Janae, mm-hmm. and uh, she and I are doing a mini workshop and it's called strategic speaker workshop. As you can, you probably heard, I probably said the word strategic many, many times <laughs> throughout the interview. Uh, it's a, I guess it's one of my keywords, but I, I really do love being strategic. And um, it really, the mini workshop came out of uh, just listening to my audience. And a lot of the people that I work with say, you know, I'm really great at getting, uh, booking myself for podcast interviews, getting myself on stages but I feel like I'm not getting the conversion again that I'm looking for. And so um, we came up with the idea of doing a workshop, strategic speaker workshop, how to use speaking as your lead generating superpower. And so we're basically teaching people how to show up with a strategy that gets people on their email list or gets them somehow in their community um, and so we have uh, a great group of people who have signed up and we're delivering the workshop live, but we're turning it into an actual course. Awesome. And so it's going to be available at strategicspeakerworkshop.com. Awesome. But basically, those are the things that we have going on. And so uh, I'm very excited uh, about this. Yeah. That's awesome. 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 Well, I have loved this conversation. I know that my people will as well. I'm so grateful for your time. And we are now going to hop over to our Patreon audience to do a little bonus round with Sheila that I'm really excited about. But for now, I just want to say a big thank you for your time today. Yeah, Rebecca, thanks so much for having me. I mean, this was this was so much fun. And what an honor, really. I hope you love that conversation with Sheila as much as I did. I hope you will go check out her course and all the amazing things she is up to. And man, I cannot wait to be back with you for our next episode. We are inviting the President Emeritus of Compassion International, Wes Stafford, to the show. I can't wait for you to hear Wes's story. He is somebody who has come to mean so much to my husband and I. You'll get to hear a little bit of that story. And it's just Let's just say this. It's not an episode you want to miss. So I will meet you back right here, same time, same place, next time for our conversation with Wes. I'll talk to you then.